Yeah, welcome to the postcast presented by the Locked On Senators podcast and the Glebe Central Pub. The best part about tonight's game is the fact that the Glebe Central Pub is still a place to be happy or drown your sorrows. Call it what you want, but the Glebe Central Pub will be there for you. Win, lose, or draw. 779 Bank Street. Go check them out. Great food, great people, and a great atmosphere that would never let you down. I'm Ross Levitan alongside Brandon Piller and the Ottawa Senators completely imploded. We've said that before, but I really mean it this time. They're up 2-0, and then they allow seven unanswered goals to the New York Rangers. Pilsy, this one deteriorated into a debacle. Yeah, absolutely. And Ross, you know it's going to be a vent cast when our first pre-show discussions are... Was this the worst loss of the season? And Sens fans, let us know in the chat if you agree. But this just might be the worst loss. This is worse than the Colorado game, worse than the Florida game, worse than the Vancouver game. Because this one, it really seemed like the Sens came out of the gate flying. They get out to a 2-0 lead. Both good goals. Brady gets it going. They score a goal in the power play. You're thinking, okay, they're they're jumping on a tired team. That's on the second half of a back-to-back. Unfortunately, this is not the team that we've seen in the last kind of five games where they've really put a full 60-minute effort together. This was a team that put 20 minutes in, uh, maybe 25. They get a little extra, uh, the the goal in the second period. And then after that, this team was back to its cursed second periods where they just get destroyed by the New York Rangers. The, the Rangers score five goals, five unanswered goals in the second period and this game four goals on four goals on four shots against Jonas Corposalo to start the second period. And yeah, we are wow. really, uh, our, our title as a goalie friendly show might be on the ropes tonight because this was, this was a Jonas Corposalo loss in my opinion. And I'm going to, I'm going to do something. I don't always do Pilsy. I'm pulling up my notepad. I'm pulling up my notepad. Right, notes. Okay. These are my last notes of the period. Corpus Allo has been unreal. <laughs> Corpus Allo's best period of the season. What? The first oh, period, no. he was awesome. He no, was he was good. Up. He was he good. Was I just confident. can't believe you were that emphatic about it and then the way it turned out after. I By the end of the second period, I actually still have it up right now on a different tab. I have his buyout calculations, and it's not that bad. <laughs> but... <laughs> It's it's unreal. Now seven unanswered. Yeah, they get the the garbage goal after the empty netter. So a that little one bit of ins- hurts extra oh. insult to injury. But uh, the Kreider goal is where I I just shrugged and it's like he'll make these saves where you're like, whoa, how'd you do that? And then at least once, if not twice, a game he lets in a goal that you and I could literally stop. And we can't make a lot of saves at the NHL level, but you and I. I think if, if you put us in there on that Kreider goal, we probably stopped that eight or nine out of ten times. And we're not making four mil in the National League. Yeah, I mean, statistically, Ross and I have stopped zero NHL shots, but we've also haven't faced any NHL shots. So the the book is still out on our save percentage there. But yeah, that's you said it, Ross. And I think you say it. I agree. The Sens chat, they certainly know. Corpus Allo pretty much, unfortunately, is guaranteed to let in one clean shot a game. 
you kind of you kind of have to add it to the equation. Like it's almost like you got to go to FanDuel, and no matter what, you got to handicap the sends at uh, they're already at dash one because you know you're going to get one of those that just just beats them clean. There's really no excuse for it. And you mentioned uh, to me earlier that it was on a bit of an edge, so it was a bit of a weird shot. But like, if you have clear sight line to that. That's where we see Corpusallo is one of those goalies that he relies on us on his athleticism and his reflexes, and he can make really big saves and it looks awesome. And and you start to believe in the guy, but the issue is he doesn't have enough times where the puck just hits him. He's just in a good position. He's got the angle, and that's one of those where similar to I think it was the other night where he's so far out of his net. There's no excuse not to stop that shot. No screen. No deflection. As an NHL goalie, especially a guy that's being relied upon as not the top guy in a tandem, but Forsberg is out now. He's being relied upon heavily as the guy. You can't have those goals go in on you every single game you start. And that's a conversation we're going to get to. Uh, This is the calculation here. 45.16%. That's the uh, percentage of games Corpus Hall allows four or more goals against this season. Almost half of his games. Too many. Four or more goals. People calling him for Pasalo in the comments. And I mean, it's harsh, but at the same time, like that's the 14th time in 31 games this year that Corpusalo has allowed four or more goals. Completely deflating. Completely deflating. And we can get into how these these goals went in, but let's make ourselves feel better first because I, w- I want to get the positivity out of the, out of the way here and um, there was a milestone night for Claude Giroux, 700th assist. Yeah. That was a, a phenomenal assist too, hounding the puck off of Keandre Miller and then kind of angling his body so that there's no way for Miller to get back into position. Then he found Brady Kachuk comes in, and now Brady's got 20 goals on the year, his fifth 20-goal season at the National Hockey League level, level every single year, um, I believe, right? Maybe the COVID year, did he only have 19? But I know yeah, I think the COVID year he fell short. That was his only one, so still on pace for more. But yeah, that was his only one, and he finished with 17 that year. But every other year in the National League, he's had at least 20. And if he gets 10 more, which he should, then he'll be a three-time 30-goal scorer in back-to-back-to-back years. But um, that that was great. Brady scoring on bobblehead night. It was a nice move. And Ross, the thing I noticed on that goal is earlier on in the game, Drew had a nice pass to Brady, and Brady had the space where normally you just see Brady Kachuk rip that on net, right? Like he's one of the leaders in shots on goal in the NHL year after year. But this time he tried to hold on to it and he tried to go backhand, but he loses it. But now on the first goal that he gets, he actually is able to hold on to that backhand and he goes five hole on quick. So you could tell maybe that was one of those check the game notes moves where Brady knew if he could get a backhand five hole on quick, he'd have success. So he tries it the first time, doesn't work, keeps at it and gets it again. And he puts home the first goal. And that was a nice one for Brady Kachuk. It certainly was. And then the next shift, the Rangers had a good shot. And I wrote in my notes there, I said, look, Corpus Al lets that in two weeks ago. That momentum crushing goal where you're up. But he makes the save. It looks good. And then we got that Castellic Goodrow fight. Good win for Castellic there. And then this was an insane sequence where the top line, it's buzzing again. Giroux takes a slap shot on goal, one-timer. And then Timmy tried to go between the legs. We know Brady's been trying that for years, but... Yeah. We were that close to seeing Timmy and Adam Fox finished him off pretty good, but 
you know what? I kind of get that from the Rangers point. You never want to have somebody come that close in, in the house and be able to put puck like that in. So um, I, I like that good battle. And then um, second period, they, they get the first power play. Ottawa's only power play after the Boston game where they only gave up one. They only get one in this one and they win the opening faceoff, something that they had struggled to do in recent games. And then, boom, you walk me through this one because it's going all downhill. So I got to break down the first one. You can do the second. All right. Well, it's not very often we get to break down a power play goal on the postcast raw, so I will happily take that opportunity. I really like this play from Drake Batherson because he's in the corner, and I feel like sometimes on the power play, like obviously being in the corner is not a great place to be, really. Like you're – you're not giving yourself a good angle at the puck. You're, you're not going to be able to score, so people know you're going to try to pass. But he stays patient. He keeps his head up. He sees Chikrin all the way across the ice. Nice, crisp pass through the slot on the tape for Jacob Chikrin, and he won times at home. And, Ross, that's something that I want to see them getting Chikrin engaged in the power play more. Like, basically, on the top power play unit, I want Norris to be that trigger guy on that side. On the second unit, I want Chikrin in that spot. Because when you can feed Chikrin with those one-timers, if you get in his wheelhouse, we saw it more when he first came over last season. He's pretty much automatic if you put it in the right spot for him on that power play there. So I want to see that happen more often. And that was a great play by Batherson to set him up nicely. So Ottawa's up 2-0 at this point in the game. Everyone's feeling good. It's a chippy game. The first period was chippy. We already told oh, you yeah. about the first fight. Then in the second, uh, this call-up, Connor Mackey throws a pretty good hit, I thought, on, on Tim Stutzla. Stutzla went down. He got back up. And Brady says, no, I'm standing up for my teammate. We know that's in his DNA. That's in his blood. And I wanted to see a bit more of the bromance of you know, Brady and Timmy, they got put back on the same line for a little while. And uh, I honestly think that we need to discuss whether or not it was the right move for him to fight there because momentum disappeared after that. Yeah, it was kind of an interesting one, Ross. And as soon as Brady accepted that fight, I was like, who who is he fighting here? I wish it was Jacob Truba center ice like it was uh, a little while ago. That was epic. But this Mackie guy, I don't know much about him. And that clearly was one of those issues where Brady's looking at it in a situation like, okay, Timmy didn't like that hit. Timmy's pissed off. I'm not even going to mess around. I'm just going to let everybody know. You don't do that to Timmy. He's our star. He's our top star player. He's our highest paid guy. If he's frustrated, I'm standing up for him right away. And look, I'm not going to say there there's like a, an obvious kind of, tension between Brady and Timmy but it doesn't seem as comfy and as uh you know as high flying as it did in years past so this might just be one of those moves where Brady's like hey here's an opportunity I have to show Timmy I got your back no matter what we're playing on the same line now I really want to show him that you know I support him and if he's pissed off at someone I'll I'll answer the bell for him so part of me accepts that Brady does that, Ross. But again, like, and we talked to Keith Kachuk, Big Walt, about this. How many times can you afford to have Brady Kachuk scrapping up against scrubs? Like, it, one of these times he's going to get injured. You're, if you're the New York Rangers, you're like, sweet. Mackie gets five minutes here, and we're taking off Brady Kachuk, their captain, one of their top players, their leading goal scorer. He's getting five minutes in the box. We'll take that trade off every single day. So... That's where it's kind of one of those iffy situations for Brady to get into, but he's Brady Kachuk. He's liable to do this a few times a season. 
Yeah, it just sucks when it takes the momentum out of the game. And yeah. I just didn't think that was a, a hit that was worthy of a fight. But like it was, he, I think he, that it, was... Timmy didn't ahead. even go down. Like, Timmy popped right back up. If if he's down, whether it's clean or not, that's a different story. Yep. But that's a take a number. Like, deal with it later in the game. You're up two zip. No, I, I agree with you there. That's what I mentioned. I think the way I'm looking at this, and this is just my opinion, is this was Brady being like, all right, I really have a chance to show Timmy I got his back. I'm not going to mess around. I'm not going to hesitate. I'm just going to go for it. Because you could tell Timmy was pissed off about it, right? Like, he went over to Mackie and kind of gave him a little, uh, a couple words there, and and Brady didn't waste any time. So that's all I can really explain there. But I agree. I don't, I don't, I don't like to see an $8 million guy, a captain, a face of the franchise, and Brady Kachuk go up against Mackey there. Our friend Claire Hanna posted this comment. We'll hopefully get to the Jacques Martin comments if they are out in time. If not, we'll cover it yeah, Monday exactly. on Locked On Senators. Uh, Kachuk stepped up for his teammate, so you should see a different response from your teammates. Uh, Jacques Martin on Brady Kachuk's fight. The Rangers scored three goals while he was in the box. So yeah. he's putting it on the rest of the guys saying, look, that's that is how you stand up for your teammates, but then everyone else let them down. But it wasn't even that. Like, yeah, sure, he was in the box or more, but it was when they called Matthew Joseph on uh, embellishment call with Blake Wheeler. They sent both of them off. That's when the two goals in thirty seconds happened. That's when the ice opened up, and that's when the Rangers really put this one into a, a real turning point in this game. Yeah, and, and you can look at kind of the the compounding effects of both of those things. But, but that's exactly what I'm saying. Like if you're Peter Laviolette, Laviolette and you're the New York Rangers, you're like, we got him right where we want him. We're down to nothing, but Brady's in the box now just for the price of, I, I don't know what's Mackie. A, a, a bot. Is he even a defenseman? I don't even know what position yeah, he, he plays. Honestly, he, he got called bad, up, but he got called up this morning because Jacob Trubo is going to get suspended. Yeah. Like the, this is such a kind of, uh, he, he was in the AHL yesterday. Yeah, this is a guy that's not going to have a major impact on the game. No offense to him, but compared to Brady Kachuk. So that's one of those kind of where hockey can be a bit of mind games. Like it's all about those little things that you can do to get yourself an advantage. And the Rangers, they certainly did a much better job of winning those little things rather than the Sens kind of shooting themselves in in their own foot and allowing this game to get absolutely out of hand. Out of hand? would be an improvement because what we saw tonight was, was a full on debacle with seven unanswered goals, seven unanswered goals for the New York Rangers. Zach Jones gets his first goal of the season. Johnny Brodzinski gets his second goal of the season. Capo Caco gets his fifth. Blake Wheeler gets his ninth. Like you weren't beat by the best of the New York Rangers. Although Aaron's goal empty netter. Exactly, exactly. That's why yeah. I, I I skipped over him. I'm talking about the guys who put it past, well, first, Eunice Corpusalo, and secondly, Matt Sogard, who allowed two in a tough situation coming in off the bench. But, yeah, I mean, the team, obviously, they're going to rally around that for Brady Kachuk, but I think he's got to pick his spots a little bit better than that. And uh, I'm curious what people think in the comments. You can always uh, get at us in there. Coming up after the break, we'll try to find a Send Central standout for each of us. And I also want to have the talk. Is it time to give Mad Sogard an extended run of games? Because it really, you're in last place. You're in last place. So that's all coming up next. But first, let me tell you about the Glebe Central Pub. The Glebe Central Pub is 
what keeps the postcast moving along. The postcast is always brought to you by the Glebe Central Pub. You can find them at 779 Bank Street. And when you head there, let them know that Locked On Senators sent you. There's great food. There's great people at the Glebe Central Pub. And the drinks are always ice cold. Go check them out on social media, Glebe Central Pub, especially on Instagram. That's where you can find all the great uh, events that are coming and the beer of the day every Monday. Check our weekday. There's different times of days. You can go check that out yet. Every day, different beer. Friday, Guinness, sign me up. $8.50 for a pint. And they've also, every Saturday in February, we'll be having live music. So get on that and make sure you check out their Senator Shuttle to and from the CTC. Gets you a great night. Except for what happens on the ice. But the vibes are free at the GCP. So go check them out. 779 Bank Street and let them know. Locked On Senators sent you. This episode is also brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. FanDuel is the official sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's North America's number one sportsbook. There's no reason to go anywhere else than the best. So you got to check out FanDuel. I'm a big fan of their app. Easily the best sportsbook app out there. I've tried other ones and I'm always going back to FanDuel because it's simple, it's secure, it's safe. If I can use it, so can you. You can bet on so many things. Sends hockey, PWHL, basketball, NFL, futures, whatever you want. The spread, player props, over-unders, parlays, and so much more. Right now, our customers in the U.S. can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. It's 150 bucks off $5 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, now is the time. Visit FanDuel.com and get started today. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Welcome back to the postcast. I'm Ross Levitan. That's Brandon Piller. And the Ottawa Senators allowed four goals in five minutes and 25 seconds during a second period debacle that extended into the third where it was just lifeless. The the vibe was sucked out of the building. There was absolutely nothing in the second half of this game. You could tell on TV, Ross. Like I'd like to know if people in the chat were at the game. Our good friend Liam's Marston was at the game. He was very stoked to be there for what, Ross, the first 15 20 minutes and then we didn't hear from him after that uh it was not a fun game to be at so that's one of those where look if you're gonna lose 7-2 like that you better hope that's on the road because that is a tough game to do in front of your home fans on a saturday night yikes very tough and the senator's record at home i saw a stat they only have two home wins in the month of uh, of January. Now, at least one was against the Montreal Canadiens, but the Senators at the Canadian Tire Center this season are 10, 12, and 2. And that's after winning the first three of the year. So pretty disappointing stuff. Uh, yeah, Kevin Himena saying the rink was quiet. Everything was just bad about this game. And, and I'm trying to find some silver linings, some good performances. I'm, I'm really struggling here, Pilsy. Uh, I just think a lot of guys have to look themselves in the mirror here. That was the Rangers' last game before the break, and it was the second of back-to-back games with travel. They had a loss at home, 5-2 to Vegas. They were struggling. They had their captain suspended before this game. Like All signs pointed for the Sens to win this game, and I don't even feel like the Rangers won the game. I, I honestly feel like the Sens lost it. It was a very discouraging effort to be an Ottawa Senators fan. So 
I, I'm not going to do it in lieu of, but I am going to start before we get to our Send Central standouts. The Josh Norris situation is just getting worse and worse. Dash three tonight. Yep. And Pilsy only played 13 and a half minutes. So he got a bit of the Ridley Gregg effect where it's like, you're not going. Like, it, it, we're, I was wondering how long it would be till we saw players sit for performance reasons. I think we've, we've just seen it on back-to-back nights. Ridley Gregg played played nine minutes in the last game. And Josh Norris, like, I can't be sure, but that feels like a season low for him. Yeah, it's got to be right around there, Ross. Uh, look, you could have told me Josh Norris didn't play tonight, and and I would have believed you. I, I can't even – I can't think of any kind of uh, moments. No puck or, touches. Yeah, it, it just – it, w- it wasn't going for him, like you said. And at that point, especially when you're down bad like this, you, you got to send a message. And that's what Jacques Martin was doing, obviously. And it's it's been a while since we've been kind of happy or, or even satisfied with the play of Josh Norris, unfortunately. And as your second line center, a guy making as much as he is in a salary cap world, it's not going to be sustainable if he's not able to find a way to get things going. And that's why Ross, like when we talked about how's this team going to line up when Shane Pinto comes back into the lineup, I think majority of people, or at least I'll say myself thought about moving Josh Norris to the wing, trying to have his responsibilities as a centerman cut down, shift him to the wing, have him focus on just getting that puck and snapping it on net using that one-timer on the power play, doing the things that he did to make him successful, I think maybe it's it's time you start thinking about at least experimenting with Josh Norris on the wing and getting Ridley, Brett, Ridley Gregg back to the center of the ice because I think that was, that was a more effective use of Ridley Gregg's time when he was in the middle of Claude Giroux and Brady Kachuk. Now, I thought that line of Kachuk, Stutzla and Giroux played pretty well tonight. I mean, when you look at how bad the score was and how limited time they had together since Brady was in the box and stuff, but I don't know. The the Josh Norris question is is a tough one, that's for sure. Yeah, it's looming large. And I mean, seven years, six after this one on his deal, making a shade under $8 million. The injuries and everything, and now it's a performance thing. He, you pay him to score goals and he's gone 12 straight without one. Our guy Martian keeps saying that he's doing dry January. So hopefully as the month turns, be nice in his home, in his home state on Wednesday, if he could pop off for a yep. few against Detroit, because right now it's brutal. So Pilsy, uh, like I can barely call it a send central standout. Cause this guy was also dash three in this game, but, I'm going to do it anyways. I'm going to give it to Claude Giroux, 700th assist. And he was one of the senators that actually looked like they know what they were doing. Now he lost the puck battle at the offensive blue line that uh, that also ultimately led to a goal against. But um, mostly I just want to remind everyone 700 assists is ridiculous. For uh, comparison's sake, I believe, and I'm just going to double check this right now, um, Daniel Alfredson finished his career, I believe, with 713 confirmed. Wow. So, Claude Giroux, 13 away from tying Daniel Alfredson in career assists, and he's a stud, and uh, hopefully he's a senator for a long time. Yep, agreed. Uh, that's a fine standout. And, yeah, that 
that uh, play you're talking about that happened uh, to turn into a Rangers goal. I looked at that and I was like, oh man, who was that that gave it away at the blue line? And then I saw it was Claude and you know what? I was like, I'm going to give him a free pass on that one. Claude yeah. Giroux has been one of the most consistent players. I'm not even that upset about it. It was one of those where he kind of had, he tried to put his stick and skate together to really hold it down and he just got out muscled. You're going to get beat like that once in a while. It's just unfortunate that it goes in the back of his own net at the end of that play. So I'm fine with that. Uh, look, I don't know how people in the chat feel, but I, I still feel like this was a good game for Brady Kachuk. Like, sure, the rest of the game was not great, but he scores that nice goal. Whether you like that he fought or not, I, I think I'll, I'll say it again. The intention was to try to really show Tim Stutza he, he's safe. He's got his back covered. And if he doesn't like anything out there, Brady will clean up kind of a big brother move there. Do I think Brady should be doing it all the time? Do I wish it was someone that was not an AHL call up yesterday? Of course, but I, I still respect the move. And even Jacques Martin, I think that uh, tweet you showed from Claire Hannah talking about Jacques Martin's quote was dead on. Brady did what he had to do to support a teammate. It's the rest of the team that let him down while he was sitting in the box uh, serving the the time for that crime that really let this game get unhinged here. So I'm going to go with Brady Kachuk as a Sen Central standout because his Corsi numbers, his analytics were were all really good uh, in this game as well. He gets four hits, three shots in 14 minutes. That's what you like to see. So uh, and I would have liked to see four shots. I had him over three and a half, but... <laughs> Damn, yeah, sorry about that then. Your FanDuel uh, account took a hit there. One more shot would have been nice. But I thought in a 7-2 loss, he had his man. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I'm surprised you didn't mention Eunice Corpusalo. <laughs> You're surprised? No. Okay. I have no. not been a Corpusalo stand. I've I've wanted to be a Corpusalo stand. And when he plays well, I always make sure to give him his props. But it hasn't been easy for me to, to, to support any goaltending, unfortunately, on this Ottawa Senators team this year. So we have to talk about Eunice Corpusala. Four goals against, four goals on four consecutive shots in yeah, the second period. I hadn't realized that. Yikes. He finishes this game with only 13 saves, a 765 save percentage. If you're into the expected goals against and whether or not a goalie is exceeding or disappointing, near that, he had minus 2.6 goals against expected. And he is now tied with Vitek Vanacek as the lowest goal saved above expected or below in their case in the National Hockey League this season. This isn't a one-game problem. This isn't a one-week problem. This is a season-long problem with Eunice Corpusalo. What do you do with him? Do you sit him on the bench for the next two games and beyond? Or do you let him work through whatever the heck this is? I mean, it's tough, Ross, because you're looking at this and sure, this was this was a bad, very bad game for Corpus Howell. Absolutely. And he's had sinkers like this consistently this season. But his last stretch of games were pretty good here. And you're looking at a team that doesn't have Forsberg. You brought up Mad Sogard. Look, we love Mads, but it's not like he's kind of forced the Sens' hand and forced them to start him instead of Corpusalo here, unfortunately. Could he do that with a bigger sample size? I believe he could, but he hasn't done that yet. So I don't know if you're in a position to kind of 
lay the hammer down on Corpus Allo here. But at the same time, Ross, you know how I feel about this. The last thing I want is Mad Sogard getting stunted development because he's backing up a goalie that's playing terrible and he's not getting the playing time that he should get to try to continue his development here. Like, this is what we were worried about, right? Like we said, how about don't bring Mads up? Let him consistently start games in the AHL because it's a dumpster fire up in Ottawa and have Mando or Levy come up and back up a game or two here because Mads has only played two games since he's been up. I mean, started two games since he's been up. Like, this is a guy that should have started four or five games in Belleville during that stretch. So, And Belleville's fallen off big time since he got called up too. Just like we talked about, that was going to ruin Belleville's mojo as well. And they had a back and forth effort up against the Grand Rapid Griffins tonight where it looked like they could have had a chance, but ultimately I didn't see the final score, but it looked like they didn't get it done. Correct. So, yeah, I, I think at the very least, Ross, you start Mads up against Nashville. I think at the very least. I was looking at the schedule today and I was like, it's like, obviously, you want to try to ride, uh, ride Corpy. He's the guy that's getting paid the big bucks and he's your top Can't do guy it. right now. But Can't do it. I'm done. I'm done with Corpus Allo. I am. But that, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, they really should have mixed in a couple more Mads games, even though Corpus Allo had been playing well there. Because now I feel like Mads is in kind of a tough spot, right? Like, it's. Now you're, yeah. if you're, you're putting Mads in, and now everyone's like, well, we can't trust Corpus Allo, so it's all on your shoulders, kid. Yeah, And he kind of had to deal with that last season and there was ups and downs to that experience. And I just don't want to see a situation where you have a, a goalie of the future, or at least a goalie you've invested a lot of draft capital and a lot of time into in Mad Sogard. And you let it squander away because you can't figure your stuff out in the crease in the NHL, which is basically what happened to Philip Gustafson, unfortunately. So I, I, I just... If the Senators aren't able to draft and develop a goalie to take them somewhere, I don't think they're going to be able to figure it out. There's been multiple trades. You look at Matt Murray, ultimate failure. You have to trade picks and this is worse. salary to get out of it. You look at Cam Talbot. This is worse than Matt Murray, by the way. One for one. And then you say, okay, the trades aren't working. Let's sign a free agent goalie long term ridiculous and it and it's already falling apart in the first season and this is why i was you know everyone wanted to be excited about corpse it's a big signing the sends needed a goalie okay maybe you got one here but i was cautiously optimistic about it because corpse was a guy that had never proved that he could do it now we always gave him the asterisks of well he played in columbus they weren't a good team okay he had a nice little little stretch during the regular season with la a good team but then he fell apart during the playoffs it's just Signing a free agent goalie to a five-year deal is so damn risky. And Pierre Dorian liked to kind of say, hey, he got the win by getting it down to $4 million AAV. But that's not looking like a win right now. And anytime a team trades for a goalie at the trade deadline and then just lets them walk after, that's an immediate red flag for me. LA needed a goalie so damn badly. but And they had a goalie in Corpusalo, and they said, nah, we think it's a smarter move to let him walk for nothing. And then the Ottawa Senators sign him to a, I was going to say a mega deal. That's not really fair, but a, a long-term deal. And in year one, it's not looking good here. Now, do I believe that Corpus Allo could turn it around? Absolutely. There's lots of time. 
I don't. I think he's a bad goalie. I really think that Matt Murray was a better goalie in Ottawa than Garpasalo. He can't I mean, make I, saves well, on long you're, shots. You're right on that, yeah. He's the most deflating goalie in the league. Yeah. And even when we signed him, Pilsy, you and I were like, wow, all these acrobatic saves. That's because he's always out of position. Exactly. Yep. It's embarrassing how much he gets beat clean. You can't have it in the National Hockey League when you're a winning team. Can't have goals coming in 20 feet away all the time. I wonder if there's a stat out there what the average length away the shot is per goal because I guarantee you he's first in the league for furthest away. Well, and, and it's one thing, Ross, for it to be a point shot through traffic or or things like that, but these are these are clean wristers. It's embarrassing. Yeah, it, it really like I I'm I'm trying to like tiptoe around it, but like I'm I'm all the way out on Corpus Alley. He's not going to be the guy. No, it's like and, in a, and, it's like in football. You either have a quarterback or you don't. Like in hockey, you either have a goal or you don't. And it's not. I'm not. Like, there's no way he's coming back from this. But what do you and uh, dude? I get your frustration. I, I guess I'm just trying to. I'm trying. They will to never win a playoff game with Eunice Corpusalo in goal. I'm trying to think big picture here. Like, what do you do? You're looking at Corpusalo. You're already out on him. He's got four years left at four million. Yeah. Anton Forsberg, major injury concerns and not looking great either. Is one more year on his deal after this, and Mad Sogard not ready to be a starter in the NHL. Like. What do you do here? Because if, if this team doesn't figure out goaltending, they Timmy, Brady, Sanderson, Claude Giroux, all those guys can have career years and they will get nowhere. Yeah. No, that's fair. But I think that in terms of this year, you have to see what you have with those two guys. Especially Sogard. Sogard more than anyone. Yeah. He's a year older than he was last... Because Corpus is not the guy. He's, he's just not the guy and they're not going to win with him. So... He's proven that to me. Look, Corpus Allo's had 12, 12 games this year where he's played the whole game and his save percentage is 900 or better. And the Sens are 9-2-1. and one. That's 900 and better. 900 yeah. isn't even that great anymore. Yeah. But they're 9-2-1 and one when he's 900 or better. When he's below 900, you can kiss any chance of winning the game goodbye. As you should. Any goalie below 900 should not win a game. And that's that's the thing, Ross. Like It's not like we're asking the world of our goalies here. Just give us 905. 905 save percentage, and this team's record would be so much better. Tonight was his 18th game where he had a save percentage below 900, and his only win was against the San Jose Sharks. And the team had to bail him out on that one. Yeah, I mean, you shouldn't be winning games if Sabreson is under 900. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's... Remember when Dorian's goal was to get a 918 save percentage a couple of years ago? That seems that so year. crazy now. Was that last year? Yeah, it was. Oh, my God. 918. Yeah. To answer your question, like, do you pony up and, and go get a big-name goalie? Like, we hear Nashville's coming to town Monday. There's the talk with... With um, with UC Saros, where it's like, if they make us an offer, you can't refuse. But how do you make them an offer you can't refuse yeah. while having the money available? Yeah, like if you, if you're if you're bringing in a big name, you have to dump the Corpusal contract, whether it's through a trade or through a buyout. Yeah, it's it's an interesting conversation and one that will continue on Locked On Senators. Final topic before we sign off for tonight. 
At intermission, Elliot Freeman says the Senators have shown interest in Chris Tanev. Now, I don't know if this is a right now thing or an in the offseason. He's a pending UFA. We've heard some people speculate that this is one of those where you bring a guy in and then you kind of have the inside track at being able to re-sign him afterwards. But for a 34-year-old like Chris Tanev, like that guy wants to play playoff hockey. He wants to win the cup. I bet you he would be anything but pleased to come to Ottawa. Like, I feel like he should be going back to Vancouver. He's got a modified no movement clause. And I feel like Ottawa's on his 10 team list. But I, first thing I did, I went to see if Steve Steos and he had ever played together. They, uh, they missed each other by two or three years in, uh, in Vancouver. Um, so that never happened, but, uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think it's going to happen. I think it could be a good one-year deal in the off-season. He plays the right way. He's a, he is a pro and all that, but I just don't think he's going to do it. I don't think Chris Tanev would be doing it. Yeah, Kieran saying he'd be great two years ago too, right? Yeah, that's, it's like, that's not the move. No. Interesting. All right. Well, the Sens need need something, and they also need a goalie. So right now, it's it's you don't have a goalie, you don't have any chance of winning. Yeah, that that's what it comes down to, Ross. Like, like we're asking for above nine hundred save percentage here. And we Ooh, we didn't get even it. get above eight hundred tonight, Pilsy from Eunice Corpusalo. It was a seven. Sorry, that was Jonathan Quick. I was looking at nine thirty-five. Must be nice. Uh, Corpusalo was a seven sixty-five in thirty-one minutes of action tonight. The Ottawa Senators have thirty-one shots on goal. If you look at it just from a uh, perspective of five-on-five shot share, the Senators win that battle as well. Like they showed a lot of the analytics that were good. The only one that wasn't was goaltending. This was a goalie loss. They allow seven consecutive goals. Power play only gets one opportunity. They convert. That had been a sore subject yep. recently of of being able to score on the power play. Now they've scored three three of their last four power plays. They've they've been buzzing their last few um, man advantages. They get out hit twenty eight to twenty four. They have seventeen blocks, and New York only had thirteen in this game. But that was without their top two defensemen when it comes to the defensive side of the puck in Ryan Lindgren and Jacob Truba, um, who were both missing from tonight. Truba with suspension, Lindgren with injury. But uh, the Rangers get thirty one shots. The Senators get twenty nine. Uh, Sens just couldn't buy a save. Pilsy, any final thoughts on uh, today's postcast? Just so disappointing. Like, uh, it, I, it seemed, Ross, that it was too good to be true, this little five-game stretch that the Sens went through where they had a point in each of those games. And, and you they know, still lost still lost two of them. Yeah, but those were, those were OT losses up against top contending teams. I'll take those losses. I don't have an issue with that. Um, and you're starting to feel good. You're starting to feel, hey, this team might be frisky here. But we got a big slice of humble pie on this one. And it just dropped right back down to earth and be like, no, you are the Ottawa Senators. You will lose and you will lose badly. And it's a 7-2 loss to the New York Rangers. So welcome back to earth, Ottawa Senators fans. Unfortunately, this uh, this is our team. I'm in my I'm in uh, an absolute hater mood right now. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's not fun. It's it's tough. And we're not up, spinning the not wheel, be, though. We're not no, spinning the wheel. I, I don't want to spin the wheel tonight. I don't have the. I don't have the stamina. No, stamina is not the right word. I don't have the mental fortitude to be spinning the wheel tonight. Ah, I think Columbus won. So they're back below them in the standings. 
Oh, sorry, they're maybe. playing Vancouver right now. They they won last game. Then they must. Have, I was gonna uh, say maybe it's a good thing. Maybe you want. Maybe we don't try to not be last anymore. Maybe we keep keeping our warm little niche of last place. Yeah, yeah. Well, we appreciate everyone for venting with us after tonight's game. Seven two, the final score against the. New York Rangers. I'm just looking right here. Kara's asking if we've got Jacques Martin audio. We do not, unfortunately. So uh, you'll have to check that out at Senators on Twitter. Um, they'll post that there when it becomes available. Tomorrow is the skill- Send Skills competition. Uh, I wonder if they're just going to use shooter tutors or if they're actually going to let Corpus Allo be a part of a skills event right now. So I'm hating too much, man. But I'm sure it always is a really good um event for the families and everything like that uh so that begins at 12 30 tomorrow um all the players will have to put a smile and wipe this yeah, that's away. a tough thing to you know have little fluff skills competitions after getting beat down seven two at home the day before pelsy did you ever get your panic button yeah i actually did i've got it upstairs okay we'll save that for maybe next thursday because that, uh, we do have we do have a must win game next week with what happened with Detroit the last time around. That's a yes. must win game. Ross, that game the panic button came in the morning after they beat the Habs four one, and I was like, I don't need this anymore, and I just put it away. Yeah, I'm gonna bust that out. Actually, it's it's yeah, it's time. All right. Well, we appreciate everybody for joining us after another loss. Let's get some uh, some some go LOSP goes in the, in the chats. If you want to get some go sends goes in there, we'll we'll allow it. But this was a frustrating night where the senders. I mean, the players themselves. A lot of them had decent, like okay efforts. I mean, to me, this this was a loss on the goaltending, and it really pains me to say that because I feel like we do a good job of being a goalie friendly show. But tonight just was not the goalies night. So we'll talk to you guys on Monday morning for Brandon Piller. I'm Ross Levitan signing off from a seven to two loss where the senators had a two goal lead in the second period. Yeah. You heard that right. So enjoy your Sunday. Maybe, maybe, maybe put hockey down on Sunday, go watch some football. Yeah. And then we'll regroup on Monday, make some soup and we'll plan out the attack of how they're going to beat Detroit on Wednesday. All right, we're signing off now from the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.